It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter. Two mics, two crusty vests, two opinions, one based in reality and one based in what do you bet on Twitter? With music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett. Scotty Johnny himself, and with me, as per usual, is Aaron Cheddar Talk. Flottom. Hey, John, what's going on, man? It's been a couple weeks. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, we took a yeah, week last, there. <laughs> yeah, we did a sabbatical, if you will, you know. When, when, you know, it'd be different if, you know, we were getting paid <laughs> and we didn't show up at the job. But we're not, so, hey. There we go. Yeah, if we were getting paid, we'd have hired somebody else to do it. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, at this point, it's just kind of like, no. Well, it, it, well, and, and obviously, you were elsewhere. You were you were in uh, in Maine, and uh, I was in Maine. Maine is which I would encourage all people to go visit. By the way, it's yeah. beautiful up there. And if, for anybody who's thinking like it's massively East Coast, um, it might be a little bit in the summertime, like if the tourists come up. But so far, when we were up there, it's it looks the same. It's boreal forest. It's pine trees. It's maple, oak. Um, they don't have a strong East Coast accent. They actually kind of sound Canadian like us. You know, <laughs> Portland is on the coast and uh, um, Augusta and Bangor. I was in Bangor, Maine. And Bangor's like Eau Claire. It's just a, it's just a city on a river. It's absolutely gorgeous. And uh, it's small. There's not a whole heck of a lot to do. But then from there, we went down to Acadia National Forest, which is a gem, by the way, right on the coast, Cadillac Mountain, Sand Beach. Unbelievable. And of course, uh, tons of seafood that you can't get here. Yeah. So it's, you give up your beer, your, you give up your brat. Oh, and lots of microbreweries. So you give up your brats and your cheese and you go get some, uh, I ate two whole lobsters last week, John. That's two fabulous. whole lobsters. They're cheaper there than obviously. Oh, there's only here. 35 bucks a lobster. And. <laughs> They're, they were they were alive in the ocean 24 hours prior so you know that's check it out it's really it's 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 a good place so uh, but I was told by my friend who lives out there don't go there in the summertime so fun point too uh, Maine is obviously created by the Missouri Compromise because it was part of Massachusetts up until that point but they needed to create another non-slave state to balance things off so Maine created by slavery anyhow. <laughs> oh, and Kinda I did like see West the Stephen Virginia. King House. I saw the Stephen King House in Bangor, Maine, too. So that oh, was cool. pretty sweet. That does yeah. sound cool. Anyhow, so anyways, we also start with Maine. You know, it is. That's that's where we go. I expect big downloads from Maine this week. <laughs> Maine and maybe Spain. I don't know. Uh, but anyhow, we we do have we have things to talk about here. We've got the start of the NBA playoffs. The Buc- the, the Badgers. Or, pardon, Badgers. I'm losing my mind here. The Brewers actually kind of up and down. Um, they are a completely different team than where we left them two weeks ago, and it's weird. But, yeah, the things we're going to start off with, though, is, of course, it was nice to have a week off of this, I guess. I was at a track meet picking up my son and such. But um, it's also nice to not have to deal with uh, Aaron Rodgers stuff 100% of the time. But, everybody, guess what we're going to start off with? We're going to start off with our main event. Starting things off with the main event. All right, everybody. So main event, yes, it it's still going on. Just the Rogers thing. It is our main event in Wisconsin. It's, it's the annual national pastime of we don't find baseball interesting enough to talk about all the time, and the NBA playoffs don't matter as much until the second right. round. And you know what would be cool to talk about is can, can we – just invent some football stories. And the I biggest know, right? name is still Aaron Rodgers finding a way to make Aaron Rodgers leave, which is just the biggest pastime of professional media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aaron hasn't said a word, which is slightly frustrating, yeah. but I mean, what he's doing is he's having his agent deal with it. He wants to keep arm's length away from it because he's selling things. You know, he has commercials right. and whatever. I get it. But at the same time, the weird number of just strange trades and bad ideas that people are just floating without any background is crazy. What we did also hear is from the Packers, they've offered him an extension, making him like the highest paid quarterback and all that again. So 
they are still in contract negotiations. It's still ongoing. Those things are still happening. So the weird story this week, this last week, was one where they said, oh, my goodness, the Packers signed Blake Bortles. Is Rodgers gone? You're like, Blake Bortles? Bortles. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) I know, I know. And in a regular offseason, I would just be like, oh, Blake Bortles. There's a there's a good backup. Like, thank God. Like, because you know me, I'm a, I'm always big on the backup things because we saw that one year when the last time Rogers was out. Like, when you don't have a good backup. Oh hi, yeah. yeah. There's fire, there's fire sirens in the background. Sorry if that you hear that on the podcast. Yeah, it's not me. My house is still doing okay, and I haven't. Uh, I'm uh, sure everybody was worried it was the police coming for you. Yeah, right. Well, it would only make sense. But no, I'd be happy with that. But yeah, you're right. It's. Uh, yeah, Blake Bortles signed. Now, uh, now that that's the beginning of the end for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Bort- or Blake Bortles being on the team, uh, it was un- it's embarrassing. It, it's think. a ridiculous story because, like you said, if this had happened last year, because the last several years people have been getting after Packers, like this team, they keep going getting rookies. They don't. Why don't they go sign an actual veteran quarterback to sit behind Aaron yes. Rodgers? It's irresponsible for them to yes. trust their team to a bunch of players. <laughs> Who who, and, who aren't experienced veteran quarterbacks? They sign a veteran quarterback. Like, how could they do this to Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> and, and not and not Seneca Wallace, but someone who's actually got starting experience in the NFL. Like, say what you will about Blake Bortles, he's you know I, I think do. there's a little bit of I think there's a little bit of Ryan Tannehill in him too. Like in the fact that he was probably more talented than the situation allowed him to be. And had he actually landed in a good situation like Ryan ha- Tannehill did, I mean look. Brian Tannehill's completely turned his career around by being in a better situation and wasn't completely broken by the time he got to Tennessee. Um, I'm not saying that Blake is better than Ryan Tannehill in any way, shape, or form, but it's like yeah. it's it's. But I mean, he was a starting quarterback for a, for a crap franchise. So I mean, the talents there, and not only that, but I mean, a little bit of deep diving, and you'll find out that actually Aaron Rodgers and Blake Bortles are friends. And there's multiple pictures of them like hanging out on Fourth of Julys and during off-season activities. Like they're buddies. So yeah. if anything, it would signal that maybe he was signed to be brought in to be in the quarterback room. So it wasn't just him and Jordan Love, but yeah. someone that Aaron Rodgers actually gets along with, and someone who might actually pay attention. And I mean, the guy's got some talent. And I'd rather have him than a black hole or a Seneca Wallace or the rebirth of Matt Flynn or Scott Tolzien. Like, yeah. You're hurting me with Tolzien. You know it. You're doing that on purpose. I know, but. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, and the other one is like they signed just some some other rookie guy to come in and just be a camp arm. And people are talking about yeah. that. Like it matters. Like. No, what matters is that as of as of last week before Blake Bortles was signed, I think Rodgers and J-Love were the only two quarterbacks on the roster, right? <laughs> yes. That's the biggest point. Like they had. Um, yeah. Now they have Kurt Bankert. Yeah, which is like that. somebody who has a speak problem t- talking about their banker t- down at the bank. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, like Kurt yes. Bankert. Um, and just they didn't have the arms to be able to actually go and run an effective OTA. Right. Because you don't count on your veteran star quarterback being there because why? Why would they? A lot of them don't. No. And you, you just make sure you can run. I mean, they had to get some guys so they can run rookie training camps. Right for the rookies to show up and do this stuff, they and, they literally had no arms. Like, and, and Jordan yeah. Love is unavailable too. So I mean, on top of it, like, which that's a bit concerning that he was unavailable. But anyhow, whatever. Uh, I mean, like, it's just the thing. Was like, yeah. Seriously, at the same time that the Packers signed their, by the way, third quarterback to the roster because they had two, they mm-hmm. signed their third. The Forty ers had five quarterbacks on their well, yeah, five plus they drafted a guy. So Trey Lance yeah. would be the sixth quarterback on the San Francisco 49ers roster. And nobody's been like, oh, my gosh, 49ers yeah. are just lighting everything on fire. They don't even believe in Trey Lance. They've got six quarterbacks out there. They they must clearly love whoever. I'm trying to think who the guys they had on that team. They have guys you've heard of. I no, think they've got Gabbert, you know, and, and, and yeah. Mullen and all these other guys. You're just like, huh, look at that. But I mean, it just doesn't yeah, matter. I mean, a lot, of it, and a, lot of the, a lot of the conversation on Rodgers is being driven by you know, media, national media guys who are actually Bears Bobos or Minnesota Vikings Bobos, you know, that uh, just hate the Packers inherently. Like they're literally just making stuff up. And and it, with the Bears especially, I mean, this is this time every year, you know, through all the years of Ted Thompson and even Ron Wolf wasn't that active in the 
off season. You know, he was draft and build within. Everybody knows that. It's just he, you know, one one Charles Woodson signing. Wait, Ted Thompson was Charles Woodson, wasn't he? Yes. Okay, so Ron Wolf was Brett Favre, Reggie White. Ted Thompson went and got Charles Woodson, who's going to be HOF, you know, and his HOF came from playing with the Packers, not from playing with the Raiders. And, um, you know, but otherwise, usually quiet off seasons, whereas unlike the Bears and the Vikings who are overhauling their rosters every year because they stink, you know, so it seems like the Packers are doing nothing. And it just it leads to all this crap talk from Vikings and Lions fans and pushes from national media members that inherently just hate the Packers. You know, it's, I mean, I'm not sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I mean, when you know for a fact that Mike Florio absolutely hates the Green Bay Packers and is a pro Vikings guy, yet yeah. he is supposed to be running an unbiased uh, national football uh, uh, talk organization. Well, and beyond you know, that, it is, it is clickbait. I mean, mm-hmm. they're just trying to it's get you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like there's a new story every couple of days. And then the, then the number of stories are like, hey, we put together five trades that would be really good. And I'm like, I don't care. None of them are worthwhile. Just none of them are worthwhile. Mm-hmm. I'd look up Bankert. I guess I didn't realize that he was an undrafted rookie free agent 2018 for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So he's been in the league, but not in a way that anybody else has ever heard of him. He's the kind of guy. He's like, like having Tim Boyle back. Right. Uh, you know, it's like just he was one from a different Except team. Not as good as Tim Boyle. <laughs> went to a bigger school football wise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he went to UVA. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we'll see. <laughs> the, the only the only the only proposed trade I've heard from anybody that I would even listen to that will never happen is if they were to go straight up swapsies for Russell Wilson. Then I that, yeah, yeah. Then I then I could see it because then you're basically just getting a younger version of Aaron Rodgers. You know, that is the other thing. Russell Wilson's one of those guys too, who it it really was the same story. And you and I didn't believe it at the time either. When they were talking (laughs) about like, Oh man, Russell Wilson go to the bears and all the Bears fans are like, it's a done deal. I've heard it from 10 inside sources Mm -hmm. and it wasn't going to happen because they're not trading him. Why would they? He's he's under contract for years. He's not going anywhere. Why would you ever trade a quarterback? You have under contract for years, plural years. You know, mm-hmm. like, especially a good one. No. Oh, my God. Dude, let's just think back to draft day when it was a done deal. Aaron Rodgers is gone on draft day. And we didn't believe it's it done. then. The, I mean, the ink is drying on the contract. It's just waiting to be released by the Denver. And I was I was Denver on um, Acme Packing Company's uh, Discord um, draft day chat that day with, with you know, Tex Western and uh, Matt Matanovich and uh, – Paul Noonan for some periods of time in there and everything and a bunch of other, you know, I'm uh, trying to think of everybody's name and I'm going to miss everybody. Uh, Chris Burke and all that. And we yeah. were, we were going over that and they kept like, what do you think the odds are? I'm like, those are zero. There's zero. It's yeah. not, it's not happening. Like, I don't understand what everybody, yeah, he's angry about things. He's always angry about things. That's what makes him great. And, and, <laughs> um, Barry, Cockner was was trying to go out there, and that's obviously not his real name. But he goes out there on Twitter and just just tries to make everybody angry. And he made a fake story about like, "Hey, everybody, here's a big graphic: Aaron Rodgers retires." And of course, he's not doing that either. He's just right. not. They talk about it. Yeah, you like, got a whole bunch of people today again too. That's Sports Talk Joe, by the way. Yeah, he used to be Sports Talk Joe. He's he's been a couple monikers. He's like 28 years old. Like he's yeah. a young guy, but he's uh, he's he's good at uh, throwing up the Schefter. Uh, Profile picking, getting a whole bunch of people going real quick. Even though his his uh, handle is ultra weed hater. <laughs> yeah, he has to change handles all the time because he keeps getting suspended or something. Yeah. But anyhow, I mean, like, just don't let people get you going on this. Just don't. Mm-hmm. It's not real. I mean, this is this is before the draft. Everything was the reminder again that everybody is lying to you. Mm-hmm. And, and and my theory at some point is, you know, guys like Schefter. Um, who, who really, I mean, Schefter actually, he's legitimately plugged into teams. He has mm-hmm. a lot of sources. My one, I, my one bet on this is, is to say that Schefter at some point, they tell him things. He's like, well, that's obviously not true. And they're like, we understand, but you're going to report it or you've just burned yourself a source. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has to get some of these things out just to keep the sources interested. Uh, is my I, I would bet money on that. But he can't say that because then he's going to have to admit that right up around the draft, I'm going to lie to you. And I mm-hmm. know I'm doing it. And that's fine with me 
because I mean, even when Dan Patrick and really tried to push that he was doing good, you know God's good work as a mm-hmm. journalist, and you're like, no, you no, this is a terrible no, and story, a, and you're very and a, wrong. You were, very and of course, wrong. Dan Dan Patrick, who is the beacon of actual truth and like unbiased reporting in sports, like Challenges for the most people. part, like he he gets after people all the time. Like he he flat called Schefter out. Like oh, so. One of my favorite Dan so, Patrick. So, so this was your this is your decision to like basically like oh this was your decision to put it out on draft day, oh because what we'd heard was that you know it, it was a breaking story so it wasn't a like Dan really put him on the spot and He's he good. was on ice he had he had Schefter on on skates like Schefter was had no and it, and it was really a, it was really a knock on Schefter's uh, I mean if Dan Patrick's getting after you you're in trouble. You are in trouble as a, a sports reporter, whatever. Like, if you've done something unethical, he will call you out on it, and you're probably going to go into the part about calling out the herd. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. One of my oh. favorites, uh, Dan Patrick's, was he had uh, Michael Irvin in like, I think it was 2003. I was listening to him on ESPN Radio when I was living in Lacrosse, mm-hmm. and he did a whole thing with Michael Irvin. He talked to him about like, you know, well, how good would they have been if you, you know. You don't have the Herschel Walker and all this stuff, and you don't have Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith and the best offensive line in football. And all. So he's like, we would. He's like, well, how many Super Bowls did we win? He's like, we won three. He's like, we would have won three. It's like, yeah, but if you don't have the other guys, he's like, he's like, I won a national championship in in, in college. I won a state championship in high school. Dan, I would have won three championships in the NBA in the NFL too. He's like, what are you talking about? That's ridiculous to say. I was like, Dan, I won those, and I would have won them with anybody. You're like, no. <laughs> No, you wouldn't. No, you were you were like the the <laughs> my god. It's so it's great because like, Michael Irvin like, really believes that stuff. He's like, no, oh no, I did god. this. Yeah, it was fantastic because oh just Dan Patrick just tore him apart. It was great. Even even, even Dion doesn't have any. I mean, Dion's got an ego on him, but man, but that's why like Dion that. changed teams several times because he knew he needed the the group. But yeah, anyhow. Yeah. Yeah, no. That's our... Troy, Ir- Irvin Irvin was like the the fifth most imper- important person on that offense. Yeah, not really. even the whole team. Yeah, like Larry Allen, Emmett Smith. Larry Allen was maybe the greatest offensive lineman of all time. Like he's, he's up there, yeah. Legit, yeah. He's in so, that conversation. No, he really. The man was the strongest human being maybe ever to play the game. I mean, yeah. there might be stronger people now, but like comparatively to the other people on the field when he was playing, the man was ridiculous. It's he like was him, a, it, him and Reggie. It, even, even, even put more. Oh uh, yeah, Reggie was pretty strong too. too yeah. Bad, then yeah. again, oh yeah, you always bring up Reggie, and then I'm always like. Oh yeah, that was the greatest football player of all time. <laughs> it's crazy to watch. I mean, people don't remember it now, but man, just but no, he was an Larry insane Allen, thing. Larry Allen really made everyone think about like how important a good guard is. Yeah, and that's why I was all about not putting Elton Jenkins at center, like because his primary position is guard. Leave him yeah. at guard. He can do a lot more damage at guard because yeah. that guard position can move around more. Like it's. But, uh, oh, hey, so I wanted to tell you, too. So I was uh, one of the sweatshirts, you know, I travel light, so I only brought along one hooded sweatshirt, and it was uh, uh, my Packer sweatshirt. And just so you think that this isn't just like a regional story, I was in <laughs> Maine, where they don't care about professional sports outside of the Boston Red Sox. That's literally the only team they even care about. Otherwise, they really don't care about professional sports. Right. Um, I still got asked about Aaron Rodgers six <laughs> times because I just was wearing a Packer jersey. Like, yeah. hey, uh what do you think Aaron's going to be back next year? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's roll into something a little more fun. Now we've gotten our rant out of the way and we can move into something better. The bucks are in the playoffs. Hey, who knew? Hey. Oh wait, no, we all, we all predicted that. Right. We all also didn't care. Two Could have picked ago, a better first round opponent though. Good God. Yeah, there was a chance the other day. If Brooklyn would have lost to Chicago, which wasn't going to, no, nothing. Was it Chicago? I forget who they had actually. No, sure. they, no, we had the Bucks had Chicago. Brooklyn had a game. I'm trying to remember who they had to play, but it was one where you're like, well, they're not going to lose that game. And then mm-hmm. if they had lost and then the Bucks would have beaten Chicago, the Bucks could have been the two seed, but we already knew by game time. And then suddenly everybody was really injured and didn't play the last yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, because they were talking about uh, Bill Paschke's. That was his last game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Calling for the calling for the Bucks because uh, because of NBA rules they don't call playoff games, and so his last game was calling a bunch of scrubs, yeah. <laughs> who still played the played the uh, the Bulls pretty evenly down the way. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, it's it the Bucks end up the three seed, kind of like what I said. I was like, they've been three for quite a while. The NBA doesn't have huge swings and changes that frequently. Oh. 
No. So you're like, yeah, that's just kind of where they were going to end up. So, mm-hmm. and that's where they ended up. They ended up in uh, in third place. They're the division champ. They're uh, they're two games behind Brooklyn, and uh, three games behind the Sixers. And they will start off with the Miami Heat. <laughs> the mm-hmm. best part is, um, it's going to be a little gap here because there's play-in games this year. Yeah. So, I mean, seriously. The, the team the, the Bucks lost to with their scrubs in that not not a bad game really. Um, the Bulls were two games out of being a, essentially a playoff team as the tenth best team in the East, or the eleventh. Pardon me, because the tenth best team is the, the Hornets, who at thirty three and thirty nine will be playing. I believe against the are they playing the Pacers or are they playing the Celtics? I don't know how the playing game works really well because I I haven't had Sorry, to what? think about it. Who is that? Which one are you saying? So the six. So the Celtics are in seventh place, the eighth place Wizards, the ninth place Pacers, and the tenth place Hornets. Okay, so and, the Celtics play the Wizards, and uh, and I think the Pacers play the Hornets, right? Give me one second here. And yep, none of Pacers those teams have winning records. That is no, four teams that are five hundred or below. Which yeah, is... welcome to the welcome to the Eastern Conference. <laughs> <laughs> and in the West, you know who, who's got the number one play-in seed is the Los Angeles Lakers. Lakers, and they're taking on the Golden State. Golden State. In, what in a LA. nightmare scenario for the <laughs> Lakers, by the way. And then I'm ser- got... I'm serious. What a nightmare scenario for the Lakers. Like play-in game. Like the only team you don't want to play against. Because remember, the Warriors started the season off pretty terribly. But then Steph Curry in this last month here has been unbelievable. He set the record for most three-pointers in a month, and that was yeah. with like four games left in the month. I don't know what he ended up with overall. Like Steph Curry's on another planet right now. Yeah, like it's the bad time like, to be playing them. Yeah, like he flipped the switch back on. Like, okay, uh, enough of this suck fest here. Okay, <laughs> resetting. And like the 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 Warriors are the best team in the NBA right now. Like in the last couple of weeks, like just. I think they are like record wise and everything. Like they've just been unbelievable. Eight and two in their last 10. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not as big a fan of the war. I mean, the Warriors is, I, you know, I don't talk and text with them as much as I used to, but (laughs) they've, all I've heard been hearing is that like Steph Curry's back to MVP form and they're just taking people out left and right. And, the Lakers, even though LeBron James is the greatest player on the planet and AD is pretty good as well. Um, they are fragile. They are fragile. Like they are uh, like one injury away from not being a good team. Like they built that team to be like all of LeBron's other super teams with a whole bunch of really good players. And then no one to back them up. Yeah. And a couple of role guys. And especially, and especially now, like not like when the heat, when they had D Wade and Bosch, that was three really good players. They've only got two really good players and that's LeBron and AD. Well, and, and, that, and that's really honestly what the Bucks are trying to do this year by, you know, leveraging mm-hmm. some of that that depth that they've been building and saying like the depth mm-hmm. didn't do it. Let's go with what the Lakers and and Cavs right. did, and we'll say mm-hmm. let's give some of that depth away, and we'll get Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday coming in, right? And yeah, have that. They all gave set. Some, they gave us some depth, but they still have good depth. Pretty like, good they, depth. They, yeah. They're they're they they went from twelve deep. With with uh, they went from a twelve layer cake with thin frosting to a thicker frosting that's only seven layers deep. The problem is with the Lakers is that they've got two really good players and then that's it. They've got a lot of frosting yeah. and no cake. Like they have no backup whatsoever. That sounds amazing and, though. Like a lot of frosting and no cake is kind of where I would go. Like I, that might be what I asked for for my birthday. I, I'm that guy that when there are people <laughs> eating sheet cake and that little bit of frosting is left around the outside you know, like where the ribbon around the outside is I'm going with my fingers slopping up the, yeah, Yeah. there's a reason why I was the fat kid. Anyhow, um, (laughs) still I'm the fat kid. Um, but no, that's, you know, what a nightmare scenario because golden state is still intact for the most part. I mean, uh, yeah, that's interesting. This play and, and LeBron's one barking loudest about how bad this plan format sucks, which last year he was saying they should do it. So it's so great. But I mean, in terms of nightmare scenarios, Bucks fans sitting right. there with the Heat, who who took them out last year, that's not a perfectly good scenario for this team. No. Um, just trying to look at some of the things. The Bucks took two out of three this year. They played three games. You may remember back there was a back to back. I don't remember what days those were, but I mean, the Bucks put up 144. They won 144 to 97 in the first game this year. And then came back the next night or the night after, two nights after. It was uh, 119 to 108. 
And then mm-hmm. just a couple, you know, like a week or so ago, they beat the Heat again, uh, 122 to 108. Right. So, I mean, and, they, and- they've had them a little bit this year, but I mean, it's three games. To be honest, though, the year that they lost to Toronto in the finals, they had beaten Toronto three of the four. They'd played them that year. Right. And, and they were a better team than Toronto. They were for the beginning of the series. They were for the first yeah. two games. They were, um, and the, the, the problem is, and I spoke with, uh, uh, basketball minds today. Uh, and we were talking about this and the way they line up, it's just, it's not a good matchup for the bucks. Like if the bucks would have gotten the Knicks there, there's ways that they would have been able to, uh, run over the, like th- there's very few teams that can stop the bucks head to head in the East, you know, uh, Sixers definitely can't, you know, that they, they, it's like how the bucks have the Sixers number. That's how the heat have the bucks number. And a lot of it is fueled by too, the enigma that is Jimmy Butler. Okay. First of all, Eric Spolstra is a, is an amazing coach. He's a really he good, good coach. He, he doesn't get enough credit because he just doesn't. was around on those other teams that had so much talent. And then you didn't, you didn't think about them again because like oh, LeBron we, did that. But, but, but weird, but weird. Phil Jackson gets all the credit in the world, even though he had nothing but superstars playing for him the whole time. Anyways, maybe the best one to dynamic duo of all time in Jordan Pippen. But anyhow, I digress. But they have the, the enigma that is Jimmy Butler, who is a good player who doesn't show up. Well, he sh- shows up, but he's not. People don't even regard him as like a top 10 player in the NBA anymore. I don't think at one point, maybe he was like in his Bulls days, but He's dangerous in the fact that he believes that he is the best player in the league. And some nights he is the best player in the league. Jimmy Butler has this ability to just have games that are unreal. Like, why isn't this guy the best player in the NBA night in and night out? And for whatever reason, he just can't, you know, Uh, Pete was talking about like someone like Kyle Korver, you know, who's a 20, 20 point night game score. If you don't cover him. You have to yeah. cover him. You have to account for him because the minute you don't, you get burned. Yeah. You know, and um, but if you cover him, then he's just a bit player. But you can't not cover him. You know, Jimmy Butler is one of those people like if if you're not if you just let him get on a tear, he'll he'll beat you up like he's a tough guy. He's a tough SOB and he's a tough out. And especially if you let him get rolling, man, and. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a little scared on this one after what happened last year, but hopefully the Bucks have retooled and had enough time now to get this team together. I mean, they they look good down the stretch, and I I, I don't think I should be as scared as I am, but yeah, <laughs> I, I think true. I'm getting I, I'm I'm starting to act like a Minnesota fan. Well, here's now. here's kind of where I'm looking at in terms of these numbers. Now, the, obviously, the thing we know about the Bucks is the biggest problem for the Bucks is they don't guard the three point line, which is why they do so well against um, you know Philadelphia because Philadelphia plays a very classic style of basketball and that they want to go you know down low they want to get the ball to Embiid and mm-hmm. the Bucks are built to stop that and mm-hmm. teams that usually shoot well from three that's a that's the biggest problem you have Miami's 19th in the NBA in three-point percentage mm-hmm. I mean like um, teams like the, they have had trouble with like the Knicks actually they shoot 39.2 percent from three Brooklyn who actually the Bucks did very well against shoot the same um, mm-hmm. Utah, 38.9 Portland, uh, Phoenix, the Bucks had troubles with this year, 38 point or 37.8%. Miami's down at 35.8 and actually it's 34.5 away, away from home. Yeah. But against the Bucks this year in three games, they shot, uh, was it 38.4%. So their three point mm-hmm. percentage goes up obviously just cause you're just not guarding them as much. The yeah. thing that hurt last year is somehow Tyler hero decided to just play one series in his life to, to be a hero yeah i didn't want to go there i really thought about it but i didn't uh that's he's that. that's what that's why you have me john i know i know you're like like the um the mel brooks of the show they're like there's an easy joke we should take it let's take it <laughs> if you ever want mel brooks gentlemen, not we, miss an easy joke. we have to defend our phony baloney jobs here <laughs> right. Rump, Rump. i didn't get a rump out of that guy you watch your ass. <laughs> Not every one of Mel Brooks' jokes is great, but he hits every obvious joke every time. Okay. Just look at him; he does. Uh, he's he's yeah. the best. I'm, yeah, but Kendrick, well, him, him, him and Reiner, right? Yeah, yeah. Him and Rob Reiner, and Rob Reiner played the state straight character, and he played the the shtick. Yeah, they were great. Well, and he had um, 
Dom DeLuise and a lot of his, his early stuff too, I think. Oh yeah. Oh God. Dom was, Dom was great. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow. Yeah. Tyler hero. I mean, he averages 15.7 in 30 minutes a game. Uh, and that's just against the Bucks. These are just this. I'm just looking at purely what they do against the Bucks. Their big heroes in these games are, you know, like uh, Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, Goran Dragic. That's, you know, mm-hmm. 16.3, 15.7, and 15 points a game. And then Avery Bradley. They don't mm-hmm. have they don't have a down low presence that's giving them points in these games because they're playing along that outside. And that's the thing that hurts. And like Ariza, who's a very nice player. I mean, he's a good player down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't give them a whole lot. Uh, Olenek doesn't give them much in these games in terms of offense. But yeah, right. it's it's that they do have guys outside who can shoot. And that's the part that worries you with the way the Bucks play. Mm-hmm. We're hoping also that there's been a change in the heart of, of Budenow. Just just mm-hmm. how does Coach Bud handle uh, just the personnel and getting people on the floor? Because there's some times where you just stare at the, those playoff rotations last year. And you're like, why in the world are we playing the, the backups this long? There's no foul mm-hmm. trouble. We're just doing this. It doesn't make any sense. Who is he saving them for? Yeah, saving them till they're there's five minutes left and they're down by 15 points and then it's too late to come back. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also, I also had a thought too, like, I, you know, you were talking about their, cause I heard uh, you was either on Heller's show or on uh, the, the, the Wisco sports show um, out of lacrosse. They're talking about that, about like the inability to like uh, cover three point shooting teams. And it killed me because I mean, they have two potential defensive players of the year on their team and holiday and uh, uh, Giannis uh, splash is a pretty good defender himself down low. And Middleton is not a schlub as a defender. Like he's not, you know, top 10, but like, he's not like how on earth did like, they're the best defensive team, you know, as far as starters go in the NBA. Like, I don't understand like why they would be, why they would be hurting on any facet of the defense, but it's the style they want to play. They, they're, they're, they are specifically trying to stop you from getting easy baskets and making you shoot the three. Nice. I mean, they've got, they still have the highest point differential in the, I'm sorry, they have, yeah, no, the highest point differential in the East. It's closer this year than it was last year by quite a lot. Right. It's 5.9 positive for the Bucks, uh 5.5 for the Sixers, um, 4.5 uh, for the Nets, and 2.3 for uh, both the uh, Hawks and Knicks. Wasn't their differential going into the COVID break like 14 points or something like it that? It was much higher. Um, it was ridiculous. It was stupid when we everything <laughs> came to a pause. Sorry, I just remember it yeah. being like double digits. Bucks, okay. Yeah, I love this. At the end of the year, the Bucks were 11 and one in division. They they average uh, 20.1 or 20 yeah 20.1 pardon me points per game, which is the highest in the East. Actually, that's the highest mm-hmm. points per game in the league. It looks like. Um, it might be, yeah. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I was they only were, looking at the East for, at first. They were for most of the season, actually. So, and sense. and in in a way, I I actually I assumed that like the Jazz and the Nuggets likely were scoring more, but they don't actually. But we give up 114, uh, which isn't the highest, but it's higher than you'd really like. So right. that's kind of strange. But yeah, no, it's especially with what I just said too about like a bunch of really good defensive players on the team. Yeah, and you wonder if they're saving or, I mean, how much time they actually spent on the floor versus last year and several more games where we just didn't play Giannis and several yeah. other players. Uh, Drew Holiday was out for a while there, too. So it was, you know, just making sure they're ready, hopefully, is, is what I'm hoping they're going to. Refreshing to see a little bit, well, I think. I and think we're, we're, we're of... guessing, too, at that point, because <laughs> we're right. hoping that's what happened. Well, you know, and, and I guess that's what a lot of us were calling for the last couple of years, too, where, you know, Giannis was playing all 82 games and 40 minutes a game, you know, and it was like, hold on a second. Then, you know, at mid-second round, all of a sudden he's getting quadruple teamed in the lane and he's just trying to drive to the basket and he's obviously tired, but the man's a warrior, so he keeps doing it, you know, but you know, it's, it, I mean, and I mean, I, I do remember like last year and the prior year, both of both me and you both saying, Hey, maybe they should take more of a LeBron James approach to the regular season. And I don't know, just limp in as a three or a four seed. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't. Just get in there. And what did they do this year? They limped in as a three, four seed 
lots of players got rest. Giannis wasn't out on the floor, you know, 90% of the time. And did the stats hurt a little bit? Maybe, you know, like you said, they're the highest, highest scoring team in the league. So obviously, you know, and plus there was a lot of players that needed probably some playing time to get ready to make us run down the stretch. So I don't know. Maybe it'll work out. It's like you said, I think the bigger, I think the biggest thing is going to be the personnel decisions made by Budenholzer um, in the games. Well, here's, here's the thing that'll concern you. If, just to give everybody pause, <coughs> to look, you know, as if we, we need more reasons to be worried about this. Uh, here we go. In the Bucks season this year, I mean, uh, in a regular week, in a regular game, uh, the averages for you know, Giannis is 28.1 points a game. Middleton, Middleton 20.4, Holiday, 17.7. That is the average on the season for those guys. That's points. Um, Giannis, 11 rebounds, uh, 6 for uh, Middleton, 6 for Elijah Brandt. Jeez, Bryant. Wow. But, I mean, like once you start playing the Bucks against the Heat, Drew Holiday is your highest scorer. Giannis averages 16.7. Yikes! It's like that's um you know, and he's playing thirty-two minutes a game against those in all three games. He didn't miss any of those games. He played all three games, um, and he was averaging thirty-two minutes, which is basically his average. He averages thirty-three on the regular season. He averages thirty-two against them, and his points just dropped way out, getting nine point three rebounds a game in those games. So, yeah, some of it is feasting on worse teams, but I mean, he did also. What is it? Forty nine or whatever he dropped on uh, on the Nets, but yeah, whatever it is that's going on here, the, hopefully they have a better plan of how they're going to address this and make sure they get their points. They do average a higher points per game in the three games against the uh, the Heat than they do on the season twenty four point seven, one hundred twenty four point seven to one hundred twenty point one. Yeah, but it's someplace else, and there's definitely a, a massive change in terms of the amount of offensive production they get from Giannis in these games. And it isn't based on minutes, and it isn't ma- based on you know lack of uh, playing because he's in all three games. It's obviously a smaller sample size, but it's 13 points almost. So it's 12 points a game. That's, that's significant, I think. He almost cuts it in half. Anyhow... I still think the Bucks win this. I just think it's going to be there's going to be a couple games where they look a little out there. Uh, I think they'll come in strong probably in the first game. They'll get home court. Uh, they'll be able to start getting closer to more fans. The Bucks have looked better with more fans in the stands, and mm-hmm. having fans there now that a lot of people are are vaccinated and they're bringing more people in. I mean, the Brewers are going to be 100 percent capacity June 25th. I know. I need to get to the games before they do that. It's great not having people around you in the stands. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's going to be that could be interesting, and that'll they'll definitely be a different dynamic once that starts happening. But I think the Bucks are the better team, uh, and we'll just well, yeah, they're, they they're definitely the better team. It's the matchup problem. That's... Yeah, yeah, it's hard. This one, seriously, I'm, I'm way more excited about the possibilities of playing, you know, the Nets and then the the Sixers. But my guess is it can be something like the. I don't want to play the Knicks. I'd rather play the Nets and then the Sixers than the Nets and then the Knicks. You know what I mean? <laughs> Something along those lines. But you know, was, we'll see. It was the only team that I was afraid the, the the only team that I was afraid for the Packers to play in the playoffs last year was the Buccaneers. Yeah. And they were a better team than the Buccaneers. It was the matchup problems. And this is what we said about that. I would have taken, taken them against anybody else except for the Buccaneers. And that includes the Chiefs. Like, anybody in that postseason, I would have taken the Packers against. But there was just something about it. And everyone, and, and it proved to be matchup problems for everybody And yeah. in the long run. And it was just, you know, that's the only thing. Just scared of the matchup. That's all. Not scared of the team. As a matter of fact, the Bucks are the best team in the East. Like, they really have they really have the Sixers number. Yeah, I, I don't trust the Nets as far as I can throw Kevin Durant. No. Um, until, and I mean, literally it's led by three people who give up. No, <laughs> yeah, I'm the, dead the serious. Heat, the like, Heat is I, like I the know, one team I, I didn't want earlier. I know Kyrie Irving and, and Kevin Durant are both NBA champions, but when they didn't have people who were better than them on their own team, they, they yeah. couldn't give up and went elsewhere. Yeah. I think the, the magic or pardon me, the, the heat's the one team I didn't want to see early and they were the one team last year. We said we didn't want to see, we, we, I think we were pretty unanimous on that. You can go back and listen to the the recordings on that, but we didn't want to see that one. 
still mm-hmm. thought they were going to be the better team that just didn't work out last year. I think we'll get it in six, but mm-hmm. this is, yeah, I'm more, I'm more prepared for the next round than this round. <laughs> Let's just say that. Is, isn't that the joke, Bucks and six? It is, which is why I hesitate to say it, but I really think okay. that that's probably yeah. the most accurate way of looking at it. Where does that come from? Where does that come from, the Bucks and six bit? I don't know. It, it's definitely something that goes around the internet quite frequently in um, Bucks Twitter circles. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. But, yeah, um, that's my pick. What do you think? Oh, it was Brandon Jennings who said it. Oh, okay. Bucks and six. Anyways, so, I mean, it's only a couple years old. I mean, it's not like a long play that goes back to the Bucks in the 1970s. It's <laughs> really, it's recent history stuff. Um, I think it's going to be close than that. I, I think it'll be done Bucks and five. I really do. Oh, really? Wow, okay. Yeah. That would be nice. I, I, that would definitely help my uh, my my heart and my uh, my blood pressure, which is actually I really, very, I, very I really, average. I really still think that the, the first round of the playoffs for the NBA, I know they don't make money off this, but I I was I still think the first round should be best of five. I know, doesn't it seem a little weird that they're playing seven right well, off the bat? And, and maybe answer me this. Is the play-in, is that a single game play-in? It's like a round robin format. You have to look it up. It, oh, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to sit here. Um, we'll talk about it after it's done. That's what we'll do because I don't care. Because right. Bucks aren't one of those teams, and I don't care. So basically, like if the number seven seed wins against the ten team, they're in. They only have to win one, <laughs> but the nine and the ten teams have to win two games to get in. Oh, good. You know what the so thing it's, is? It's, is... It's, it's like a weighted round robin tournament. <laughs> Only the NBA could realize that nobody cares about the first round and say, what if we added a round before that? <laughs> and we're like, well, well, I still wouldn't watch. They, uh, they, no, 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 no. They weren't the first ones. NBA went, hey, can we take an uninteresting round and make it even more unin- uninteresting? And then they went, hey, Major League Baseball, what are you guys doing over there? Guys. Oh, one game play in 162 games. Okay. And now you could lose your whole season on one game. <laughs> no kidding. Let's try that. This is fabulous. Yes. No, it's, I don't have a problem with it. I, I don't know. It, it's strange wow. that way. Baseball is an odd one. The, the one game thing hey, is strange, but yeah, if it knocks out the Lakers, I'll be more than happy. To <laughs> that would it. be amazing. But yeah. yeah. All right. So, so much has happened with the Brewers. The Brewers fell completely apart. They got that great series win against yeah. the Dodgers. And then they completely forgot how to swing a bat at all. I want to say I want to say they were seventeen and ten the last time we did a podcast. If that sounds right, it was, they're, yeah. 10 games, they're ten games over five hundred, and right now they're twenty-one and twenty. And they had a couple things here and there that did all right. But I mean, like the Philly series was the most heartbreaking of all of it. Yeah, it was. four, three, six, five, five, four. I mean, <laughs> three straight games where they lost by a single run, mm-hmm. and then they lose two to nothing. Uh, and I believe that was the day that we got uh, a great, great game out of uh, Woodruff too. And you're just like, mm-hmm. God, come on! Just the pitching still remains good, but they took two out of three from the Marlins this time because the Marlins took the last series. But mm-hmm. you know that six nothing, the six zero, or I keep saying that six one loss, mm-hmm. and then came back had the six two. The the two to nothing win over the Marlins was fantastic and kept you right in it because, I mean, they they the Marlins really had a chance at the end there and just. Mm-hmm. Hater, it shut them down and, and ended that one. They should have won the series against the Cardinals. And, man, just just didn't bother at, at all. In the first two games against the Braves, they just couldn't hit anything. Just could not hit. Uh, this team, I just don't understand. They're, it's like a, a, a less interesting version of Team Streak, where instead of being like streaky, awesome big power to like, hey, what's happening? Maybe we're just average now. It's more like, I can't hit a ball for a week. Next week, I'll hit five. You know, it's like, well, what? Team leader in batting average right now, Avasil Garcia, 258. Yeah, no, what the <laughs> Brewers have, like, a team batting average of 213 or something like that. Like, like, as a team, like, as a team, they're diving towards the Mendoza line right now. Like which 28th, is, they were 28th. They might be 29th now in batting average. Uh, you know what really kills me about playing the Marlins? What's that? Is watching uh, Jesus uh, Jesus Aguilar play first base and he thinking. So fun. I guess we jumped off that one a little too fast, didn't we? Yeah, and now yeah, that that's literally like I, I there's there's a lot of times where you're like, you know, it, it, people say this about Urias and 
Orlando Arcia too. And I think it was fine get jumping off Arcia on that one. I think they should have gotten more for him than they did. Yeah. But uh, you know, and I remember too, like when Jesus left, like he was in the middle of a giant season long slump. But man, I wish we had him back right now. Like we might not have Vogel back if he's here, but I mean <laughs> I'd still rather Oh yeah, I'd hate to give up on Strong Mad. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, hey, this... by the way, Vogelback. So Vogelback hit like a three-run double yesterday, I think, like a bases okay, loaded yeah. double, right? And that's the first time like like there's been a multi multi runners in scoring, like multiple RBI hit with runners in scoring position in like three weeks for the Brewers. It it was such a that that game too was just so. Yeah, don't hit with runners in scoring position, and they just don't seem to uh, just just take a win. Like mm-hmm. they get six, just shut out wonderful in- innings from Freddie Peralta, and right. it is was it uh, eight? Yeah, eight nothing eight, at nothing. that point. They give up seven the next inning, <laughs> and then right. then they score two, and you're like, okay, all right. Then they yeah, and that was kind of the little back. And they go down yeah. to a ten to nine win. At least Freddy Peralta still got the win. I mean, Rudruff and uh, Burns are out there throwing seven shutout innings, striking out twenty people, and walking away with no decisions or losses because they gave up one run. Yeah. At least Freddy Peralta still got the one. Um, that's that's why I brought up the thing about RC because that 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 squawk box started coming back up yesterday. That maybe we got rid of him too early when Urias booted two balls and that's, probably should 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 have had three errors in that inning. That's and, his second t- t- uh, multi-error game this year so right. far in 41 games. Right, so, and yeah. he's the third third lowest in all of baseball for uh, shortstops as far as errors go. Uh, Javi Baez, who does nothing but strike out and make errors, yet Cubs fans will say he's the greatest player ever. They he's the worst. Short, he's the worst shortstop in baseball as far as fielding <laughs> goes. Um, really? And then there was one other player below him. Um, but uh, it's it's uh, I, I just here's and, the part that I guess I don't get with with the RC. I, I I also didn't mind the trade. I thought they should have gotten a better deal for him. Mm-hmm. We traded away the guy who's the two the uh, career two forty hitter for a guy who's a career two twenty hitter. Uh, mm-hmm. A guy who commits more errors. We kept for the guy who commits less errors. And also, I mean, Arcia has better power. That mm-hmm. part you can't. I mean, he hits more home runs. He's, he's a better power hitter. Um, and they're like, oh, but Urias is younger. He's like, he's like two years younger. Yeah. And I get yeah. that you have more time. I see him start playing for the Brewers when he was 18. I, mean, I, I think. get 18 or 19 years old. The team yeah. control. The team control is important and that's big. And you want to have him there and it, maybe he'll grow more into it. But, you know, in a year or two, maybe you could be Arcia from two years ago. Yeah, that's what and you're looking Grant, for. At this point. Grant from the Grant from the Wisco Sports Show. I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy. Uh, Grant Fleiss. He does this Wisco Sports Show. Okay. On uh, the he's out of Lacrosse on the Lacrosse Sports Station, and then it's nice. uh, rebroadcast in Eau Claire and Madison mm-hmm. on uh, sixteen seventy. Whoo! Yeah, he uh, he uh, he's so he's got a nice little show going on. He uh, I've actually kind of given up on Heller sometimes in the afternoon. He's a one man show. He's got some great takes. And like he said, when your team's up eight, nothing like instead of like letting the pressure get to you and not make outs, like in like instead of focusing on getting the double play, just getting out because it's easier to get three outs than it is to score eight runs. Mm -hmm. And somehow and it seems to be like a problem with the Brewers in general is that like there's like no plan ever. Like it just seems like they're kind of always just making it up like, hey, we're up by eight runs, you know. If you get a ground ball hit to you and you don't think you can turn the double play, just throw it to first. Just get an out and out. Yeah. Don't, don't rush it. Don't rush it. Stay calm. Finish the game. I mean, that right. one is, should have been especially easy. Eight nothing. That game should be over with as good as the defense should be on this team. No, usually if you're down by eight runs, there's a position player pitching in the eighth inning. <laughs> if it's still if it's still eight nothing and the bottom of the air if the top of the, the top of the eighth or top of the ninth comes up and you're still down nine nothing, the second baseman's hucking. Uh, um, you got Aaron oh, Perez out there throwing. Uh, what's seven. the? Uh, uh, what do they call that? Uh, Cephas balls. Yeah, uh, Cephas. I was on a good. Ephus. I was on a good run there, and I forgot they're called Cephas pitches. Ephas. Yeah. Cephas yeah. is yes. the receiver for the Lions. Ephas. Yeah. 
Yes, Ephus. Sorry, Ephus. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, top their tops and Ephus. The second baseman's out there tossing, tossing Ephus pitches in the ninth inning. Yeah, nice. So. Which is fabulous, by the way. I love that. I know. It, it, it's a fun part of baseball. God, Hernan Perez's windups that he would pull off, like when he'd come in to do the position pitching, were the best. It's so weird because his pitches would be so strange. Well, didn't Rizzo get a, like a strikeout of Freddie Freeman earlier this year? Mm-hmm. That was fantastic too. I mean, I don't like either. Well, I don't. I guess I don't really particularly hate either of them necessarily. But apparently, apparently Rizzo's a really good dude. Well, like if I, he and Freddie I, Freeman I, get along, and I, I don't mind Freddie Freeman, and I don't like the mm-hmm. Braves, but you know that's fine. I hate the Cubs, but apparently, I mean, you know, like at at some point, like you can hate a team, but at, you got to like. I've I've heard I heard yeah, a couple of people Rizzo. talking about how Rizzo's like a really good dude, donates a whole bunch of money, and is just an all around good person. Like, but yeah, good for so, him. Anyhow. All right. Well, hopefully, I mean, baseball's weird this way in that you can have a stretch like this. Like, seriously, mm-hmm. after the Brewers took three straight from the Dodgers, they lose six in a row, including getting swept in a four-game set against Philadelphia, mm-hmm. losing to Dodgers in Miami. Then you know, then they win three out of four, and you're like, all right, maybe we're all right. Then they lose three in a row. St. Louis, Atlanta, Atlanta. They get that one weird win there against Atlanta in that 10-9 game. Mm-hmm. And now you know, get Woodruff out there again against Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, we'll see where they go there. They they got him at Kauffman, so they'll go out there. And I remember when that was like a, a new, super fun, modern stadium. And now it's... With the waterfalls in center field. Yeah. Now it's one of the oldest ones. Yeah, I know. And you're like, wow, look at all that. It's it's a 20-year stadium cycle. I just remember like how Twins (laughs) Twins and uh, Vikings fans were all complaining that they needed a new stadium because the Metrodome was so old and out of date. And I'm like, hey, I'm older than the Metrodome. (laughs) You jerks. You'd be (laughs) next to the Metrodome. I was three when the Metrodome was born. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and let's uh, let's not step off the elephant in the closet either. That's missing here is that... uh, um, Oh, shoot. Did you see that... uh, 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 uh. No. Jackie Bradley, Jackie Bradley Jr. catch in center field the other night, like when he climbed the wall and effortlessly took away a home run. Yeah, he had a couple really good oh plays God. this this last uh, week. Yeah, one where he was running and he just like took a step off the wall, jumped up and caught a home run and landed yeah. like it was nothing. Yep, that guy's amazing. Like yeah, he didn't have to celebrate at all. He's like, did that again? No. Did it again? Like. And he was that ball was clearly a home run. Like it was oh, two yeah. feet above the fence. Like and he got uh, his shoulder over the wall to get to that one. Yeah, it was, it was insane. Just a one stepper off the fence. Like, oh, that's too easy. Great pickup by the Brewers, by the way. Yeah. Um, however, let's uh so Lorenzo King just got back from injury and uh had a big hit last night that actually propelled the Brewers to a win. But he was gone for a while and he's still recovering from taking a season off uh for COVID last year. And then uh uh Yelich, um Looks like he's coming back. Our MVP MVP down, MVP down, and back injuries in baseball don't tend to go away. Like he's played a couple good games in the minors, though. Uh, That was the joke. Is like, man, do you think that this Nashville Sound? uh, Oh my god, the Nashville Sound lineup the other night was ridiculous. They had D Gordon leading off. They've got Yelich and Hira, and you're like, wow, does this roster beat the current Brewers roster? Maybe, but it should. Because they talk about they Yelich should be, starting. Yeah. should be back soon. The Brewers get another team that's kind of in the same spot as the Brewers and the 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 uh, Royals, uh, who are have won two of their last ten and mm-hmm. have a run differential of negative thirty at this point. Brewers that's right. still not last, still not last place in the AL Central though. No, no, the Tigers and the Twins are way down there yet. Um, all right, all right, but and the Tigers are coming up on that schedule too, so. You know, get get ready for that because that that should be nice to have. Kind of wish we'd beaten the Twins more now, but you know it is what it yeah, is. Yeah, no, because the Twins because we make up like one sixth of the Twins wins this year so far. Yeah, but two games against the Royals in Kansas City, then Cincinnati get uh, three games at Cincinnati. Brewers come back for a little bit of a homestand here through the rest, though they'll get uh, four games with San Diego at home, where they'll have start right off. Right at the top of the order, too, because we're right. going to have Woodruff, Burns, Hauser um, just to start that off. And hopefully they can they can get back to understanding what they are and maybe get the competitive juices going against a team like San Diego again. Go ahead. And, and, just, and just to some, you know, like not to say that, 
you know, cause we got hosed by the pirates a couple weeks back here, uh, yeah. but, uh, but you know, maybe Kansas city can be a get right series. And then going to the great American ballpark down in Cincinnati, better known as the launch pad, you know, yeah. because you, playing in a cracker jack box. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where all the, all the fences are only 200 feet deep and only two feet tall. Um, yeah, just go down there, smack around some home runs, and then yeah, come back. They played the Padres really well when they went out to San Diego last time. Yeah, you know they they looked like a team that's here to compete because San Diego is no joke. You know, and and then they beat the beat up on the Dodgers. It's like they're playing down to their opponents. It, it, take it to the Padres and the Dodgers on the West Coast, which has never worked well for the Brewers since switching to the NL. Even when they were in the AL, they stunk on the West Coast, but. Uh, that's back hard. in the nineties and before, but, uh, yeah, like let's get right on a couple of these and come back and beat up on the Padres. And, uh, I'm probably going to be at a couple of the Padres games. So please do well when I'm there. Yeah. And I'll probably be, I'm going to be later on the, uh, Memorial day when they get the, the tigers at home, that'll be fun. So they better mm-hmm. look good against the tigers because tigers don't look very good right now, but yeah, no, the brewers hanging in second right now in, mm-hmm. in the division, and uh, yeah, just one game over 500 right now. Two games back of the uh, the Cardinals, a half game up on the Cubs, who are 2020. That's so tw- that's so exactly Cubs too to be 2020. Mm-hmm. It was just such a terrible number. Uh, Cincinnati. I, wish it, I really wish they won the one that World Series because then they'd have no. They'd still be the worst team in you know, baseball. And I've said this several times, I think. But when I was growing up, baseball was magical. It had mm-hmm. curses even. And now mm-hmm. there's no curses. There's no, no curses. Like the White Sox won one, the Red Sox won one, and the Cubs won one. And you're like, there's no curses. The Black mm-hmm. Sox curse mm-hmm. is gone. Babe's curse is gone. Ghost curse is gone. Baseball has no magic. They, I mean, like, they should have done anything they could to prevent those three teams from ever winning again. Right. Just they should. Because yeah. um, no, I like hindsight 2020. I really, really, well, at the time, I really wished that I really wished that the uh, Indians would have won that World Series, anyways, because they had the better team. And just in but, case, you know, Cindy's boyfriend, or you know, just in case uh, Wendy's boyfriend here is listening, uh, we're joking, and you can like the Red Sox, it's fine. Just you know, oh, yeah, I have no you and all your billions of dollars in Boston can just go buy another World Series and. Yeah, whatever you no, got I, don't, do. I don't have any qualms with Red Sox. I just hate all Boston teams. I I don't. I went to Fenway. That was a. I've I've only had really good experiences in Boston, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, we we had a very weird experience most, in Fenway. Most, most people say that actually. So you're, yeah. We went we went there, and my son and I, uh, Josh, wanted to go see a game in Fenway. We went to Fenway Park. We were out in the uh, right field uh, uh, stands there, looking straight down at home plate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, uh, they were playing the Mar or the, yeah, the Mariners fun game. Uh, at one point, the upper deck in the outfield apparently has like, um, tables and then you can sit at them and they're, they're kind of the table runs so that like, if you're mm-hmm. looking down the table, you could see the field, but you could be looking at each other across it otherwise. And your field would be to your left or your right. And somebody up there bumped their cell phone off the edge of the table and it dropped I mean, and, and Fenway is, I mean, it's a nice, beautiful, warm day and it's summer and whatever. It's like completely full. The, the place is packed. And uh, so the guy in front of us, his wife, and they, they're probably in their fifties or sixties. Well, probably in their sixties at least. And uh, his wife gets up to go get them two beers. It hits that seat. The cell phone hits that seat. It is the only empty seat I can find wow. for just sections <laughs> around me. And I was like, what in the world is the the odds of this? What are the odds of this? Um, the, the, these two young 20-something-year-old women came down looking for the phone and uh, clearly intoxicated because the one is acting up like, hey, look. They're you know like holding up the phone like Vanna White. For those of you who yeah. remember who Vanna White is, yeah. like, not a crack on it. I was like, ooh, read the room, sister. You gotta not talk about how happy you are that phone isn't damaged, <laughs> but yeah. and that wasn't even her phone. But the the other woman there kind of understood. She's like, let, let me. She's like, are you okay? He's like, no, it's fine. But you guys, you know, like, you know, great Boston accent. Like, that's fine. You just got to take care of your phones a little better than that. And you know, it's like, yeah. They're like, well, what are you drinking? Let me get you something. Like, ah, you go get me a couple of these. We'll be all good. You know, and I don't remember what beer he asked for, but she came back. Sure enough, grabbed them a couple oh, beers. Good. And, Good, good, good on the drunk girls. And then they um, 
we, we were kind of talking and they were talking about trading Shaw and my, you know, Josh and I are like, well, we, we as Brewers fans, thank you for this. It was very great to have Shaw and everything. And we love him. And then, um, you know, talking to the guy in front of us who the phone fell and everything. And eventually he's, he got up to leave in like the eighth inning. And when he did, he stood up, took out his wallet and headed $20 to my then 14 year old son. He's like, yeah, you go get yourself something nice at the game. You'll enjoy yourself and you'll enjoy Boston. And I was like, this guy just handed a 14 year old 20 bucks who he's never met. And just like, have a nice day at your first time at Fenway. I was like, what a cool, I mean, I've had, it's the only big city I've ever gone to yeah. where if you stop too long, people come up to like, Hey, you looking for directions where you try to go? <laughs> I'm like, Oh <laughs> yes, actually. Um, where's this hotel? You got to go down that way. You take the left and then you got to head down there. Don't go too far. You'll be in the commons. It's like, Oh my. All right. Thank you, sir. It's so good. I, I've enjoyed it. Oh, I've uh, actually, the person I was, uh, <laughs> I had a coworker traveling with me in Maine. Uh, she spoke very highly of Boston and a couple other people too. So like, I, I think I'm changing my opinion on Boston to go visit, to go visit Boston. It's beautiful. But, uh, visit. but uh, to, to, to not speak, not to cheer for their sports teams though, because uh, that's you fine. Know, you don't have to do that. It, I can't. You know, the Free problem with the Boston, the problem with the Boston accent for me is that I have a really hard time doing it without cussing and swearing at the same time. <laughs> so do they. <laughs> so, so the whole time you were doing yours, I was like, I, I, I'm going to reel this in here. I'm going to turn on the V chip, and uh, then we'll get into the, uh, you know, talking about them Boston teams and uh, not drop some F's and some S's and some other things, you know, when we're talking here. The um the Freedom Trail is one of the coolest things of any big city I've been in. To, I mean, if you haven't been to Boston, you start in the Commons, and there's a there's there's a literal just it's two bricks wide, and it follows the mm-hmm. sidewalk. You can just follow that; it'll go past the State House, past the Fifty Fourth, you know, uh, Memorial. It'll go past mm-hmm. where John Hancock and and them are buried. It'll go past South Meeting Hall, Old North Church, uh, USS Constitution. It ends at Bunker Hill. Mm. It is. It is fantastic. It is. And such- it's, it's probably one of those things. Like when I was in Europe and uh, touring, like the World War II sites, like they're all a lot closer than you could ever imagine. It's right? a two and a half mile straight line walk. Yeah, exactly. So you think, it's like, when you read the stories, you think Bunker Hill's like out in a field somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I need to use. Sec- you get the feeling that Bunker Hill's out in the middle of nowhere in a field yeah, somewhere, like- and that's where they had a big battle, and there was four hundred people, and actually it was just like a hill just on the other side of Boston. It yeah, was actually on Breed's Hill. The Battle yeah. of Bunker Hill was fought on Breed's Hill. Oh, just fantastic! Yeah, it's there great. we go. History is the best. <laughs> it is. Um, oh, and we also went out. It's not on the the tour, but there or on the walk. Because it's not, it's just self guided. You just walk to places. Yeah. Um, but there's also the uh, Boston Tea Party spot. There's there's two ships out there, and you can go there. There's um, Abigail Adams Tea Room, which yeah. is, I mean, it's just it's such a cool city to walk around in, and fantastic food. Just well, fantastic you know, food. I, you get that feeling too. Like I, you've been to you've been to London, right? Yes. Yes. So like old like old London, like where the Tower of London is, Tower of London, uh, Big right. Ben, um, Big Ben, just the museums bell. are. It, and you walk around and actually I feel like you walk around like old town London, like where all the stories are, all the Dickens stories where things <laughs> happen with Beatles and stuff. like just back as far as just like the 1960s, like Abbey Road was on the outskirts of town, like when they cut that album and that's still not that far out. But like, if you go into like old town, like Sherlock Holmes, Jack the Ripper, mm-hmm. um, you know, King Henry and all this, and you walk around old town London, it's like, a four mile by four mile area. Like you can walk around old yeah. town London. It's yeah, not yeah. that big. It's like the, all the stories that have ever been told from there make it seem like it's such a big space. And so that's why when you're talking about that, like with Boston too, like on the freedom trail, like it's like, Oh, all these things that seemed like they were millions of miles apart. were all just happening in a one mile by one mile area. Yep. Yeah. It's all pretty close. Cool. All right. We've walked our way show. through everything. Yeah. We, <laughs> Everybody who's been listening to us for going on four years now, if you followed us back to our last word on sports days, you know that we like to uh, we take you on tangents. That is, that is part of the, the glory of this. You'll get a little bit of extra stuff. You get a couple other little stories here because there are like three things to talk about. I mean, we gave you another 10, 12 minutes just complaining that everybody is still talking about Aaron Rodgers and they haven't they haven't they've had just 
practices. That's all they've done is a couple of rookie yeah. practices where the, the, the problem is you go back, you go back to fall, go back to fall of 2019 and the bat and the Packers were playing and the Brewers were in the playoffs and the Buck season was starting and we were yeah, still talking about Boston. There's times where we were, we, were, we, we do have to rush through things a bit, but we're in a slower time now. But yeah. by this time next week, we'll have we'll have some better. Uh, we'll hopefully we'll see the the Brewers mm-hmm. uh, pick up a little bit, and we'll get a little playoff basketball hopefully to get under our belts here. So thank you for joining us for another great week, everybody. It's always fun to have everyone with us uh, here and around the world. It's always wonderful for me as well to talk to my good friend Aaron, and uh, mm-hmm. hopefully we'll just we'll see if uh, we can get some good vibes for our, our Milwaukee sports teams here in the next week and uh, see how things go. But anyhow, thank you again. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Didn't put it at the beginning of the show, and I should have, but the show is at Pod. Aaron is at Cheddar Talk, and I am at NotSoHumbleHost. Those are easy. I said those two things at the beginning of the show. Uh, but also remember, whether you're on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. Boston. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at ScottyJohnny1 or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.